Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. A happy Friday and welcome into a special edition of the Prospects and Props podcast. Just Chris Schubert with you here on today's edition of the show. A bit of a long story, we will get into it. Your takes, a takes on takes full episode of Prospects and Props that was supposed to have Jamie Eisner sitting across from me, at least virtually, answering these takes. And for 33 minutes on, I think it was Wednesday, we were doing that. And a corrupted file later and Jamie traveling for a work event for TD and has left it just you and I, a very intimate setting here. So for 33 minutes on Wednesday, Jamie and I recorded a Takes on Takes episode that will never be heard. It will never see the light of day because not even I can listen to it. The file completely corrupted on the computer uh, and it is gone. So I'm going to be back. I'm here rehashing some of the takes uh, from that episode. So it'll just be my reaction to some of the takes. Jamie will be back with us uh, on Monday as we continue our Rookie of the Year uh, candidates show, but still wanted to give you guys a takes on takes, and so you're just going to get my uh, thoughts on some of these takes. So we'll jump right into it because there are a lot of them you guys really delivered uh, with some high-quality takes for, uh, was supposed to be for us to react to, but it'll just be me reacting to them here today. So we'll start with a take from RC. Take, the Raiders are drafting in the top two in the 2024 draft. They have a top five strength of schedule in terms of difficulty, a fragile starting quarterback, a poor offensive line, you a top 10 pick on a player who may not start the season due to his foot injury and a coach who has a history of losing the locker room. Well, see, I like the logic here. I don't disagree with any of the particulars. They do have a top five strength of schedule in terms of difficulty. You can just look at the teams they're playing and look at the division they play in to know it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle. They do have a fragile starting quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo over the last couple of seasons hasn't really been able to finish uh, those seasons. It was the big reason why uh, the San Francisco 49ers had to start Brock Purdy for the last stretch of the season. They do have a underwhelming offensive line. You use the word poor. I'll use the word underwhelming. Uh, Tyree Wilson's uh, foot injury and his availability for the start of the season is a question mark. And Josh McDaniels doesn't have the greatest track record as a head coach. I agree with all of that. All of that are good reasons to put the Raiders in the mix. I just don't know if the Raiders would be one of the first teams that I would consider for this for a top two pick. The Cardinals aren't going to be particularly good. They're not going to have Kyler Murray for a large stretch of time, we think. The Houston Texans, even after getting C.J. Stroud and having a good draft, they are still a ways away. So I think they're going to be a team that's going to be in contention. The Rams might be particularly bad if things go south with Matthew Stafford. The Bucks might not be particularly good. Um, I think there are a bunch of other teams. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the AFC South with the Titans, with the Colts. Um, we already mentioned the Texans. That's a division that's got a bunch of teams that things could go sideways very quickly. I mean, Anthony Richardson is a very raw prospect. He could play um, and grow and develop, but it might not lead to a lot of wins for the Indianapolis Colts. So I get the mindset here. I agree with all of the logic. I just don't know if the Raiders, if I was drafting teams to pick in the top two, I don't know if the Raiders would be one of my first couple of choices. But the logic sound. The logic is very sound here. Uh, this take from layman's terms. Hot take prompt. Oh, love a good hot take prompt. What defines a wide receiver one in the NFL and how many true wide receiver ones are there by your definition? For me, a true wide receiver one demands extra coverage, thus forcing defense to actively make sacrifices to mitigate them. I don't think there are even 10 of those in the NFL, and that's if I include Kelsey. 
Well, it's a great take, layman's terms. I love the thought exercise that we are now going to go down here on the show. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying there. You got it demands extra coverage. I think it's somebody who has been able to prove at a pretty high level that they're able to be a top target consistently, and we can debate on what that means. But I think there needs to be a big enough sample size, or a decent enough sample size, of you being a top option in an offense and teams game planning for you, and yet you're still a difference maker. Um, and so there's there's sort of a bias that goes there for for players who have gone to two different places um, and have you know done that. And layman's terms provided a list. He said Jefferson, Chase, Diggs, Kelsey, Hill, and Brown are the ones I don't have to think about. I'm going to take Kelsey out because tight ends, it's a little bit of a different position. They're able to play the middle of the field. They're not covered um, you know, by a corner on an, on an almost regular basis. And so for me, the, the other part of this is you're going up against the best of the best. Other teams are taking their best corner and they're saying, we're going to shadow you or we're going to put this guy predominantly on you uh, and we are going to make it this a matchup game. We're going to play this like basketball. We're going to play this like baseball with a reliever. We're going to bring this guy in and he's just going to be against you. So based on your list, I'm in with Jeff. I'm in with Jamar Chase. I'm in with Stephon Diggs. I'm in with Tyreek Hill. And I'm in with A.J. Brown. I mean, Diggs, Hill, and Brown fall directly into the bucket of did it in two different places. Diggs in Minnesota and Buffalo. Hill in Kansas City and now Miami. And A.J. Brown in Tennessee and now Philadelphia. I think we probably need to discuss Devontae Adams a little bit more. Again, another guy that's gone to two different places and has done uh, very well. Trying to look at a list here to see who else we may want to consider um, for this list. DK Metcalf is somebody that maybe we could consider. I don't think I'd put him on the list. Cooper Cup, if you asked me to do this list a couple of years ago, I'd say yes, but not maybe now. DeAndre Hopkins, again, a couple of years ago, I think i say yes, but not now. DJ Moore, I think is a yes. Uh, Terry McLaurin's another name that I think should be considered. Amari Cooper is one that I'll throw out there. Guy that's done it in three different places with the Raiders, with the Cowboys, and now with the Browns and is a wide receiver one. Um, Mike Evans, I mean, the guy's got a thousand yard seasons like every year of his career, but two teams actively game plan for him that's a fair question um, I think I'll put him out for right now but I agree with the take overall that I think I, I don't think I'd get to 10 I think at most I'd have uh, is nine um, if I did this list so appreciate the take there layman's terms that's a that's a good one and a, a very fun thought exercise this take from Sam Teets take Stenson Bennett retires before the Rams have another 10 win season all right so the spirit of this take is that the Rams aren't going to be very good here in the foreseeable future and I can understand why this is the thought process right the Rams have completely gutted this roster in more ways than one they have a quarterback who is clearly getting towards the end of his career they have a coach who every offseason we're dealing with whether or not he's going to return um, Stafford's back and shoulder and all the injuries that have played him over the last couple of years could force him to not be playing very good even if he does play but that might be the reason why the Rams might be able to turn this around pretty pretty quickly if Matthew Stafford isn't very good this season or the Rams in in general aren't very good this season and they bottom out and they're in a position where they have a top pick they could very quickly get one of the top quarterback press prospects in 2024 and they could be off to the races because that's the difference right the reason why you would say that the Rams are going to have a, a long haul here is because it's going to take them a while to figure this out and it's going to take them a while to turn this around well if you get the quarterback and you get him next offseason because maybe this year's bad or you get him in two years 
that's the ticket to a quick turnaround because now you've got the quarterback. You've got the quarterback on the rookie deal. Some of their other money problems in terms of cap and in terms of dead money start to alleviate themselves at the end of this season. So there might be a very, very quick avenue for them to, to have a turnaround here. Now, it requires them figuring out the quarterback situation. That's a big if. There's still still teams trying to figure that out in the National Football League. So it's not a given. It's not a guarantee. But I think... A, a quick turnaround from the Rams is is possible, and so I'd sell this take. I would sell this take that Stenson Bennett retires before the Rams have another 10-win season. We've got a food take from Anthony. Hottest food take. Oh, boy. Potatoes and every version of them are not good. Anthony. Anthony, have you not have you not enjoyed a good french fry? Have you not enjoyed a good uh, mashed potatoes with gravy? Have you not enjoyed uh, a good potato chip? Have you not enjoyed vodka? made from potatoes have you not enjoyed a good baked potato have you not enjoyed a good sweet potato i mean there's just i, I there's probably more potato um, foods and sides and dishes that i haven't even thought of here tater tots i mean we've got lots and lots of options for great potatoes that are versatile they can go with any type of meal you have a very fancy dinner here's some mashed potatoes you having barbecue here's some mashed potatoes oh we're having some steak. How about a baked potato on the side? Loaded baked potato. How about that? Some cheese. For those of you out there who like sour cream, you throw that in there as well. Every version of potatoes are good. I have to sell this take. I don't love sweet potatoes, but I love a good sweet potato fry. I don't necessarily love the baked potato, but I'll have one if it's offered to me because I like potatoes. Mashed potatoes are awesome. French fries are great. Potato chips are awesome. I don't know. There's too many. There's too many good food options here with potatoes to say that we are selling every version of them. We don't want a single version of a potato. Corey's got a counter take to this. Says roasted mini potatoes with olive oil and seasoned with salt, pepper is the best way to eat potatoes. All right, I don't agree with this, but again, this is what I'm talking about. This is a different type of potato that we just than, than all the potatoes I just mentioned that we didn't even consider. And now here we are talking about them. As a potential option. So, Anthony, I got to know. I got to know what kind of potatoes you've actually tried and why you don't like them. Like, this has spawned now a whole new subplot on the TD and Premium Discord. I got to know why you don't like French fries. I got to know why you don't like mashed potatoes. I got to know why you don't like potato chips. Every version of them are not good. I mean, that's just... I, that, I, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just flat out wrong. It's just flat out wrong. This take from Alex. Ooh, baseball, baseball football crossover take. We love these. Take... Justin Jefferson in his next contract will make more APY than the entire 26-man roster of the 2023 Cincinnati Reds. Now, do we have the answer for what the Cincinnati Reds? We do. Thank you, Alex, for providing this context. The entire 2023 Cincinnati Reds roster will make under $34 million, according to Spotrack. Oh, man. Um, Justin Jefferson in his next contract will make more APY than the entire 26-man roster of the 2023 Cincinnati Reds. All right, so hold on, because I've got OverTheCap.com open for the for what we were doing earlier about wide receivers. I'm going to pull up Justin Jefferson's uh, current contract here. I know he's on his, on his main deal. So Justin Jefferson going into the season is going to make $4.1 million. It's the fourth year of his, of his rookie contract. His fifth-year option's already been picked up. He's 24. He's going to be 25 next year, and he's going to be $19.74 million. So if they, if they were able... If they're able to work out a deal, either this offseason or next offseason for Justin Jefferson, because he's technically under contract for the next two years, $35 million per year would make him the highest paid wide receiver on an annual average per year value, beating Tyree Kills, $30 million. It's a $5 million jump. That's pretty large. The thing that I caution against here, 
the thing that I caution against here is they do have the franchise tag. That's not to say that that wouldn't come with its own set of problems where Justin Jefferson wouldn't probably play on the tag, right? You're not going to take that kind of risk. But if they do put him on the tag in 2025, he'll be 26. When did Tyreek Hill get his deal with the Tyreek Hill's 29? He had his signed a four-year, $120 million contract extension with the Dolphins. He's 28. So Justin Jefferson's younger. I could see us getting over 30. 35 is a bit of a stretch. And I do worry about the, the franchise tag looming over the top of this and then when he how old he is when he gets his new contract. I, this is a soft buy for me. It's a soft buy. I will tell you, when we originally did this show, we got to this take before everything got corrupted, and I sold it because of the, the franchise tag. But I don't know necessarily if the franchise tag becomes a huge roadblock. The franchise tag might just become a bargaining chip to get to the table for a negotiation on a contract extension, right? Because the, the Vikings won't let him hit free agency after 2024, and they'll tag him in his age 25 season, but he'll never play on the tag, so they'll come to the table and get a deal. I just question whether or not $35 million per season is on the table. Now, you also have Jamar Chase, who's coming up for a contract extension. That's also going to impact this as well. So it's a soft buy for me. I can see a path where he becomes too old for $35 million, but again, I think that is a scenario that plays out in which the franchise tag is used and then it becomes very, very hostile between both sides. And I don't know necessarily if I see that going down. I, I certainly see Justin Jefferson staying with Minnesota for a pretty, pretty extended period of time. So I'll soft buy this take. Let's take from Mr. Fogles. Take, the Bucks should be in a position to tank for a top two pick. However, the team is too talented and in a weak division, so they will end up in the 7-9 to nine win range and miss out on a Caleb Williams-level talent and end up reaching for a Bo Nix, continuing the drafted QB curse in Tampa. Well, this goes to what we were talking about earlier. This ties into RC's take about the Las Vegas Raiders. So what I'm talking about, there are a lot of different teams that could make sense. Mr. Fogle says they should be in a position to tank for a top two pick, but because the team is too talented and they play in a weak division, they might be able to win enough games. I think that's plausible. I think you can say um, the same thing about the Raiders, that they might be able to, they might be able to win too many games that are on their schedule to be priced out of this, the top two pick. You win five games... Five, just five games of a 17-game schedule, you're probably out of contention for a top two pick. Probably. In most years, it puts you outside of the top two. That's it. You're telling me the, you don't think the Bucs can, 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 can win five games? I think the Bucs can win five games. I think the Raiders can win five games. I think there's a lot of teams that could be in the mix for winning five games. That's what makes this, makes this so tough. A tattle take from Raul on Tyler, a member of the Discord. He tattle takes on a member of the Discord. Uh, Peyton Manning is not a top five quarterback of all time. I disagree with this. I'm going to sell this take. Peyton Manning, very much a top five quarterback of all time. Um, Anthony comes back with a uh, blind stats conversation. Now, I've seen the results on this. So I'll share it with the audience here uh, just to just have fun here to close the show. Coach A's got one Super Bowl win, 11-10 and 10 in the playoffs, 155-97-2 in the regular season, a 166-93-2 career record, so it's 61% win percentage. Coach B, one Super Bowl win, 8-9 in the playoffs, 163-93-2, 171-102-2 career record, a 62% win percentage. So the both co- both coaches have a Super Bowl win, both, coach, co- uh, both coaches mediocre in the playoffs, and both coaches with 60-plus win percentage. Um, and Coach A is Mike McCarthy, and Coach B is Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin always finds a way. Always finds a way to be above 500. That's why he's got a 62% um, 
career winning percentage and 63% in the regular season. Uh, this take from, from Sam Teets, take, it was better to have games on cable than deal with the NFL's insufferable broadcast schedule. And he put a tweet in there that the NFL is going to broadcast games this season on CBS, Fox, NBC, ESPN, ABC, Amazon, the NFL Network, ESPN Plus, and then obviously there's that playoff game on Peacock. And I think... I think there's a fascinating conversation here because I think the NFL right now, knowing with their impending broadcasting rights that are coming up, right? The new TV deals are going to come up in 2025, I believe, 2026, soon, on the horizon, something they're actively considering. I think what they're doing right now by throwing all these games in different places, right? Playoff game on Peacock, uh, exclusive game during the regular season on ESPN+, Plus, Thursday Night Football now on a totally different uh, subscription package in ABC and in, in Amazon, right? And then you have also all the other ones, CBS, Fox, NBC, ESPN, and ABC, right? You have to be able to, you have to pay for Amazon to be able to get Thursday Night Football. You got to be able to pay for ESPN Plus to get that one regular season game. You got to pay for Peacock to get that playoff game, right? But I think what the NFL is trying to do, and I think they're doing it pretty masterfully, but I think it's going to rear its ugly head if they don't make the correction on the next TV deal. I think they're trying to prove to all of these different companies, whether it's Amazon, whether it's ESPN, whether it's Peacock, whether it's CBS, Fox, ABC, NBC, whether it's Netflix, whoever, whoever is going to be interested in the next deal for TV rights for the NFL. I think they're trying to prove how much value there is in singular games in general. Like, hey, everybody, see how much this play one playoff game went over a Peacock? See how much Amazon's paying us for however many games that is. I don't remember off the top of my head how many games there are for the Thursday Night Football package. See how on a per-game basis how much of this is worth so that when they go to the bargaining table for this TV deals, whoever the prospective interested parties are, it allows them to have a better negotiating tactic. But I will say this, the NFL can do this now as long as during the next TV deal, they consolidate properly. I think if long-term this is the answer for the NFL where they have these games all over the place, that you're going to lose a segment of the, the casual fan, not the people listening to this show. The people that are listening to this show, we're going to find football one way or the other. We're going to buy a Sunday ticket from um, YouTube TV. We're going to subscribe to Amazon for Thursday Night Football during the season. We're going to subscribe to Peacock for the playoff game if our team's playing in that playoff game. We're going to find um, avenues to watch these football games, right? We're going to subscribe to these services. We are going to be there to watch these football games. There are some people that will say it's not worth it. it it's, too, it's too much of a hassle. My, my father, a very technologically savvy person, ran his own small business that worked on computers. Guy knows his way around technology. Had to call me when he moved because he moved out of New York. Had to figure out how to watch Mets games. Didn't know how to do it. Trying to watch Jets games. Didn't know how to do it. So there's a, there's a large population of older fans, not that much older fans, that are going to be kind of aged out because of the way that the NFL is choosing to operate. So they, they need to consolidate properly and make it maybe one or two separate things. Anybody that's got you know TV, they get CBS, they get Fox, they get NBC, they get ABC. It's easier to get those games. You don't have to worry about it. You just have to worry about if you're in a mar if you're in a market where your team plays or not. The the streaming services where the other games are going to play, and if you got a team that's very popular that's going to find themselves on these places, that's a little bit of a tougher a tougher sled. So I'm going to be very very interested um, to see how they handle themselves in um, in the next TV deal. Let's take from Culbers. Take, I'm going to get this one out here early. People getting excited about this Spurs landing spot for Wembe Yamba, but Pop isn't going to be there for much longer, and their point guard is a fraud. Not as good of a spot as many make it to be. We got a basketball take in the, in the football show? All right. I love Wembe Yamba. 
going to the Spurs. I love that. I think, I think that's huge for San Antonio. There's a there's a French pipeline there with Tony Parker um, being there, right? A lot of, a lot of um, people over in France grew up watching the Spurs because of Tony Parker, and now they get to do it with Victor Wimbayamba. Um, this leads to an NFL draft lottery conversation. Um, I will tell you, as Chris Schubert, the content creator, I'm all on board. I'm fully invested in a um, NFL draft lottery. As a, the New York Jets fan in me, no thank you. I will not take the draft lottery. Uh, this take from Bailey. Sam Darnold will start at least three games this season for the 49ers due to them continuing quarterback injury curse for Shanahan. Play well and trick a team to give him a decent-sized bridge, low-end starters deal next season. Teams love giving second chances to high-drafted guys, and Shanahan's system raises everyone's floor. There's nothing that I really disagree with this take. Um, you know... Three games is very, very specific when you said at least three games. But I think Sam is going to probably be on the field. Um, I think he can show that he can play well. He's still very talented. And I think if he plays well enough and he becomes a free agent because it's a one-year deal, that yes, a team will give him a, a bridge low-end starters deal. And, you know, Sam Darnold, to me, it, it's not one-to-one because this quarterback had a, had a better resume. But, you know... Andy Dalton's still around getting one-year bridge deals all these places, and I think Sam could be on a similar trajectory. Now, if he plays well, um, it could be more than just a low-end starter deal. He could get um, he could get a Jameis Winston-type deal, a Mitchell Trubisky-type deal. It might be two or three years um, in a specific place. Raul, take all three quarterbacks drafted in the first round this year will at some point in their careers win league MVP. I have to sell this take just on principle. All three quarterbacks drafted in the first round this year will at some point in their careers win league MVP. The statistical odds on that are are against that being a thing. So I'm going to sell that. I'm going to sell that take. Let's take from Sam Teets. 2024 will be the second consecutive year where the Georgia Bulldogs don't have a DB taken in the top 100 picks. This is a Javon Bullard and Kamari Lasseter take. I haven't watched either guy yet, so we're, we'll put a pin in that take uh, for down the road. Uh, another take from Sam Teets. Having to make the first overall pick in most drafts sucks. Unless there's a generational prospect available, you're almost guaranteed to have an underwhelming return on investment. I agree with this take. Unless there's a top a top quarterback or a can't miss defensive prospect, right? And you're Miles Garrett's the top pick, right? Like unless there's somebody like that, it's teams are you're always going to look back on what your team did and say, huh, didn't really get that great of a player. There's always probably a player that got drafted behind them uh, that ultimately ended up um, panning out. So unless there's a can't miss, everybody is in unison prospect, like we've seen with Trevor Lawrence, like we've seen with Miles Garrett or two names that I'll mention, uh, Andrew Luck, or it's slam dunk, no doubt. These are the guys that you have to pick. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be extremely, extremely underwhelming. I uh, appreciate everybody submitting in takes. Uh, we had a backlog of takes too for me to catch up on, so it was nice to, to clean up the backlog, and now we can start fresh with takes on takes moving forward. Appreciate everybody being here for this different show. Didn't think at any point during the tenure of Prospects and Props that I would be doing a 20-plus minute solo show, yet here we are with the takes on takes edition of the show. But we did promise you guys this, and we still wanted to deliver despite the tech issues that kind of plagued us earlier in the week. So appreciate everybody listening to this show, uh, rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast. Appreciate everyone who submitted takes. We're back on Monday, Jamie and I. We're back on Monday with video version of the show. This is just an audio version because it is just just me, uh, but we'll be back on Monday with video version, diving back in to the Rookie of the Year candidates. So everybody have a great week and appreciate everybody who listens to the show. Appreciate everybody who submits a take for Takes on Takes. We're back on Monday. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.